Mother Well podcast, a place where we dive deep into topics that matter when it comes to who you are as a woman, not just a mom. And today I have a solo episode and the topic is surrender. Being that it's this time of going into winter, the, the winter solstice is coming up in just about 10 days from when I'm recording this just feeling really inspired on this topic that I'm just feeling weaves into everything right now and that is the balance of effort and ease and you know how the ultimate lesson of motherhood really is surrender and why that is true. I'm really wanting to tie in some lessons that I have learned from my birth experiences into this episode specifically because I have seen so many online courses lately talking about free birth, home birth, childbirth education is wonderful, it's great, I think it's important to learn the basic physiology of birth and just you know, some tools to help you get into the right mindset. Um, But the one thing that I feel like is so hard to teach someone who's going into birth, whether it's their first baby or it's a mama who's, you know, preparing for a VBAC or an unmedicated birth at home after birthing in the hospital is surrender. Because you can't really teach it. It's something that needs to be lived. It's something that You need to go through the grit of life and just experience what it really means to allow and to stop resisting. And it's so difficult to teach that to someone. You have to go through it. But I feel like if we can have more conversations about like the reality of what motherhood is actually like in our culture these days and what birth is actually like, you know, the real, raw, primal intensity of it at home, then we can be better prepared and our daughters can be better prepared and maybe it won't be so shocking because sometimes when things are thrown at you that you're not prepared for, it can feel traumatic and that's what I experienced with my first birth. It wasn't that I didn't have the knowledge I had done a doula training, I had read every book, I had a midwife, but when it came down to it and it was hard, I didn't have the mental grit to lean into it and to surrender. And I really didn't understand what that was. I was still so, so, so caught up in the control of like, okay, well, if I do this and this and this, then that equals this outcome. And it just wasn't the case. It wasn't the case at all. So surrender. It's the ultimate lesson of motherhood. And the cool thing that I've found through all of my pregnancies and the births and the postpartum is that each phase of motherhood builds upon the next. It's not like you just get thrown into it without having any former training. Like, for example, when you're pregnant and you're waking up every two hours all night long to pee, that's preparing you for when you have a newborn and you're waking up every two hours to feed them. You know, it's like little things like that. Like it's all designed perfectly and you have to trust it, right? 
think one of the major causes of women not birthing and mothering in full surrender, which equals ease, by the way, that's where I'm getting with all this, surrender equals ease, is that we are not trained to trust our bodies. And I say we because I'm speaking for like just the collective Western culture and it's got to change with our generation and we are changing it. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a mom who's conscious and spiritual and has faith and who cares. We are the one who's changing it for the next generation. So thank you. So how do we expect women who don't even trust their bodies to bleed and don't even know when they're going to bleed to have their periods, you know, to have the trust in their bodies to birth a baby, to support another life, you know? So much of my anxiety that I felt early postpartum, especially with my first baby when I was in my 20s, my early 20s, was that just not trusting myself because I'd never done it before, never seen it done, didn't really have a lot of, you know, strong maternal figures guiding the way to equal trust in myself. It had to be learned. And how do you create trust in yourself? How? You keep your commitments to yourself over and over and over again, and you do the hard stuff. You do the hard stuff. So, I can't really... Yeah, there is actually one specific time. So I worked as a doula and an apprentice midwife for almost seven years, going to births constantly, every month on call. I had a couple months off here and there, but I was in the life of being an on-call birth worker in many different capacities for almost seven years and there's this one specific birth I remember and it was a teenage mom she was really young she had just turned 18 and she was just at her wits end and you know every mom has this in labor every mom gets to this place where they're just like I can't do it I'm freaking out I can't do it it's too hard I'm gonna die but she was especially like freaking out. She was at the level of just like, I'm going to the hospital, I'm done. And it triggered me, which, you know, you should never bring your own bullshit to a birth, but you also have to acknowledge that it's there and that there is wisdom in that bullshit. And there are times to pull the bullshit out and and use it to, you know, as fertilizer. So that's what I did with this one. And I, I kicked everyone out of the room and I got down eye level with her and I was just like, you know what? I know this sucks, but the only way you're going to do this is if you just go through it and go into the hardest part, go into where it hurts the most, lean into it and just completely accept it because you're running from it. You're hiding from it. You're resisting it. It's making it worse. You're clenching up. I know you can do this and you know you can do this and you chose to do this. So you're going to do it. And then maybe five minutes later, she went and she got in the shower. She squatted down with the shower. Like the shower was running, right? It wasn't like a water birth. It was like a water and air birth. It was a hybrid birth. But anyways, and she just squatted down 
And she just pushed as hard as she could. And you know what? The baby was literally right there. And, you know, baby was born. Beautiful. It was perfect. And she was so ecstatic just minutes later. When before, she was like, I can't do this. It's too hard. So I think about that. And I think about all of the times in my life. And I don't know. if Maybe I'm just crazy, you guys. Maybe I'm just the only mom at home with her kids just straight up philosophizing all day long about stuff like this and just imagining like what other mothers did to cope and get through and like be healthy and raise whole healthy children but this is what I think about all day long you know and what I'm really ruminating on right now is this balance of effort and ease you know and there is a I used to teach yoga. <laughs> I've done so many things. Oh my gosh. So I used to teach yoga. And in the Ashtanga yoga tradition, one of the teachings talks about, it's called Sathira Sukha. And it translates to steadiness and strength versus ease and comfort. So pretty much doing less or using a lot of effort. And it can apply to both how you hold the yoga poses and just the quality of your mind, right? And what I've been experimenting with in my life, with my family, just with dumb domestic stuff, is putting down what's not really mine, what's not essential, stopping picking up all the slack for everyone else. Because I have very able-bodied people in my house. It's not all babies, right? I have a 9-year-old. I have a 15-year-old. I have a 19 year old who visits, you know, for all the school breaks and my husband. So I've been putting down what is not solely mine or, you know, necessary for caring for the babies. And I've been doing less because my goal is to increase my capacity for what I have to hold because it's a lot. And I want to hold all the good things, all the things that, you know, bring me radiance and light me up and shine that back on my children and my friends and everyone around me so how am I going to do that if I'm just in this state of exhaustion all the time so I've really been thinking about how that might be the key just doing less and then in turn doing less increases my capacity for what I really need to do and I think the wisdom of that is just so in tune with the season right now that we're in of going into winter. You know, the winter solstice, we're spiraling inwards and inwards and inwards and inwards to the still point, to the darkest night. And then we're going to spiral outwards again and the sun will come. But these days are so long and so dark right now. And I know so many of you mamas are home with sick kids that just keep getting sick over and over and over again. Wonder why. I <laughs> wonder why. That's an episode for another time. I'm going to find an excellent doctor to have on the show and figure it out why all the children are getting sick and the parents so much right now. It's a whole other thing. But And I want to also share with you just a little bit about my birth story of my second daughter because, oh my God, she taught me surrender so much. 
at it. She was born at 41 weeks and one day gestation. My first daughter was born at 40 weeks and five days. And both of these babies were not induced. Not, I didn't use any hardcore home induction methods. I just did acupuncture, you know. So Eva, I went into labor with her in the middle of the night. It was about three in the morning, four in the morning. I woke up with just regular rhythmic mild contractions. I stayed awake for three or four hours and it was really manageable and then I fell back asleep and then I woke up around nine and then I got up and I ate a muffin and then I the contractions had faded away completely in the morning and so I was like okay well I guess that was just some prodromal thing but I knew I was in the birth vortex the birth you know there's like this certain energy that comes on when you're in the birth portal and I just knew it was the day. I knew it was up to me. And I knew that so much of going into labor is mental from all that I had witnessed from seeing other moms. Especially those moms that go to 42 weeks. It's like there's something in the mind that can't relax because the mind is so integral to going into labor. And also just your mindset when you're in labor kind of leads how it unfolds, you know? So with Eva, I walked up and down the stairs on my back porch, trying to get her head into a good position. I did a couple four-leaning inversions, trying to get her head just, you know, smack dab on my cervix to put the pressure on it. And I started having kind of just mild contractions coming back. And I was bouncing on the ball in my living room, and I was just closing my eyes during the contractions and just softening everything in my body and just letting it flow through me. And then as soon as I closed my eyes for the most intense contraction yet, I had like a straight up psychedelic vision of being on a canoe in a tropical river and then going over a waterfall. And then as soon as I went over the waterfall, in my vision, this crazy roaring, like full on, okay, this is labor contraction moved through my body. And I was like on the phone with my husband, like you need to get home right now. <laughs> and this was about 1230 in the afternoon and he wasn't far away. So he drove home and then we went for one lap around the little circle in my neighborhood, maybe like a quarter mile, and I had to stop like six times, and I would just hold him and squat down and have these huge contractions, and it was amazing, because it felt so different than my first, because of course I had forgotten what they had felt like, that's the amazing thing about, about birth, is you really do forget how intense it is, you completely forget, you know, like, I didn't know the power of the mind to forget until I had two babies back to back and now thinking back I'm just like wow there really is this like amnesia that happens you forget how intense it is so after we went on this walk we come inside and I'm just like get the birth tub filled up now <laughs> and we go into my bathroom and I'm just like on all fours 
And there's all these photos that my husband took because I'm like, you need to take pictures of this. And he's taking pictures of me on all fours, like naked, like looking horrible. And I'm like waving him away, like, what are you doing? And one of the photos, he's like taking a selfie and I'm in the background and I'm like, that's, that's, of course, that's what you would do when I'm in labor. That's what you would do. So he calls the doula, doula comes over and I'm like, where is Serena? This baby's coming. And by this time, I think it was like 2.30, maybe 3 almost. And my daughter was born at 4.46, so I still had another two hours, but it was moving quickly, right? So, finally, Serena came. I mean, it wasn't like finally. She she knew that I was fine at home on my own and that I, I also needed the time. I needed the time and the space just by myself um, in the middle of the night to really surrender and ease into it. And I needed the time at home without anyone being home to make the decision in my mind that I was doing this. And then it was perfect. All the timing, all the timing that we had was perfect. It was just so divine. I, I love her birth story. So here's what happened. We fill up the tub. I get in the tub. And then I start having the same exact sensation that I had with my first daughter. And if you've had a posterior positioned baby, you might know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, I'm going to try to explain as best I can. So imagine the urge to push, but when you push, it feels like it's bone against bone. Like the baby's head isn't really moving down and the bones have to like totally open in order for the baby to come down. The back of their head is going up against your sacrum on the inside. So it literally feels like your bones are just breaking. It's so intense. And I also had the same thing I had with my first, which was the front of the cervix, the interior part, was swelling just a little bit because of the pressure of her head being applied unevenly. And if you're a birth worker, that makes sense to you. But if you're not, just it's a painful experience. And a lot of it is physiologically normal because the cervix doesn't open in a perfect circle. It opens in an oval from the back to the front. So a lot of it was just that there was a little bit of cervix that still had to dilate and move up out of the way. So when I felt, oh yeah, I was checking my own cervix during my entire labor because I know what to do and I know my body and I'm comfortable. So I felt the cervix. It was like this tight, squishy a thick rubbery band and what I did was I just hooked my fingers on it and I pushed and I pushed her head out at the same time well not out I pushed her head down at the same time and then the cervix just popped over her head and I was so proud of myself in that moment oh my gosh because <laughs> then I was like wow that just resolved the entire trauma from my first birth of being told that I couldn't push because there was an interior cervix in the way. And all I had to do was that. Like, that's what I transferred to the hospital for my first time. That's what I, was, that's what I really struggled with my first time was that cervix not getting out of the way. And if I would have just had the knowledge and the trust in my body and just the confidence to just 
do it myself. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. <sighs> so then we're in the tub, and the tub felt so good. Oh my gosh, it was heaven. The tub was amazing, and I felt her moving down, and then finally I felt her head, but I had to push so hard. Like, there's a video of me on YouTube. You can go watch it. I'll link it below. This is where, like, the ease <laughs> did not really exist except for in between the contractions, and it was all effort and strength and just steadiness of mind, just repeatedly having the focus and having the trust in my body that I was doing it. I was pushing so hard and it wasn't even like there was any progress being made that I could feel like, but I could feel her body kind of like rotating, moving down, if that makes sense. Because when they're posterior, it's just a whole nother thing. And none of us thought she was posterior during the you know, labor, all my prenatals, and every time I palpated her, she was LOA, which is left occiput anterior, which means that she was just not straight anterior, but her back was on the side, and I was just, I didn't even find out she was posterior until after, when I watched the birth video in slow motion, and paused it, and saw her eyes just looking straight up at the ceiling, and she was coming out, so... Anyways, so I'm in the tub, and I get exactly in the position that I had envisioned that I was going to be pushing her out, which is kind of like a squat, but like with one knee down and one knee up, and it was my right knee up and my left knee down, and that was probably perfect, because I just believe that women are so intuitive with birth, and it probably did something to help make it so that her head could come out in the perfect you know, with the perfect outlet of my pelvis. So I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and I was just growling. I was like a bear and I was like crying. I was like, this is so hard. I don't think it's going to work. But then I would just go back to the ease and I would relax in between and I would tell myself, I'm stretching. I can do this. This is happening. I'm having my baby at home, and really talking to myself over and over was so helpful. And then finally I was just like, full surrender, baby's head was crowning, and I don't know why I kept saying it, I was like, I don't know what to do. But I knew what to do, I was, I was doing it, and that's one of the things that I think is really important to tell women who are having babies, who are saying that they can't do it, you just tell them you are doing it. You know, and if you're a mom and you're having a hard time, you are doing it. You are mothering and you're doing your best. And what does that go back to? That just goes back to giving birth and mothering is the ultimate surrender. <laughs> oh my gosh. So then I just lean back in the tub. My husband, we there's a picture of us and I'm like leaning back and he's reaching down and holding me like underneath my arms like underneath my shoulder blades kind of and I'm reaching up and holding onto his arms kind of like stretching and that really helped because it felt like there was more gravity when I was in the tub and I just pushed her out and he caught her head and then I caught her body and brought her up and 
she was bald. <laughs> like, she had no hair on her head. She looked like a little alien baby. It was so, like, I was so shocked. It was not what I was expecting. Because my first daughter came out with a full head of black hair. And she was completely bald. Like a little alien. And it was just the most ecstatic, redemptive, healing moment of my life. I like threw my head back and I was like, my baby, I waited for you. And I did. I, I'm, I was just so, I am, I'm so grateful for her. And she taught me surrender through that birth experience. And, you know, subsequently through the last two and a half years of being back to being a stay-at-home mom, something I never thought I would do. You know, when I was pregnant with her, I would have like nightmares and like these weird like daydream visions of me just being home alone with the babies and depressed and sad. And I'm not saying that I haven't been that. I have been a lot of that, but it was just so scary to me. The thought that I was going to go back to that being home alone with babies because it's, it's hard. It is the hardest, hardest hardest work anyone will ever do yeah but it's so worth it it's a threshold experience of life and in western culture there are no threshold experiences these ritualistic ceremonial experiences that bring you into the next phase of who you are and help you form a new identity there aren't. The only one that naturally exists is birth. That's it. There's nothing coming of age for men, coming of age for women, unless you plan it or unless you're born into a culture that already has them built in, right? Like for Jewish people, there's bat mitzvahs. You know, native people have many different culturals and rites that are built into their culture. But the majority of Western civilization homogenized America has no rituals. So that's why birth is so shocking to most people because it is intense adversity that you have to go through to make that happen. And when you don't have built-in trust and you don't know how to surrender, you end up with the clusterfuck that is medicalized birth. And that's why I'm so passionate about sharing how it can be because it can be healing and it's what we need. Surrender. The definition is to cease resistance. When we stop resisting, we allow. And we allow, we receive. And I just think that is so poignant right now. I've been having a lot of inner conflict and struggle with just the divisiveness in the world right now. I stand very strong on many hills that I will not budge for personally, but I realized that I think what we all need to do right now as a collective is stop the divisiveness and it starts with us. Stop resisting, stop trying to fight other people, just, just be at peace with your own beliefs and love other people for who they are and that's it. All the like calling people out, canceling people, focusing so much on the independent issues. It's like, yeah, 
there are many things that are worth fighting for. I'm not really going to get into them on this episode, but we need more peace and harmony and coming together and just finding the beauty in everyone. And that involves surrendering, allowing other people to be who they are. And in turn, you might receive their gifts because I believe that everyone has something to offer. Everyone. And as a mother, you give so much every day to everyone else. And the key message that I'm really trying to convey here is that surrender is not about giving up and doing less is not about being lazy. So I hope that's really clear. Um, And the next topic I really wanted to talk about was cold plunging. It's so interesting to me because there's such a popularity about it right now. And it's because it requires focus and it's a difficult thing and you have to lean into it and you have to fully surrender, right? Otherwise you just jump out and scream like a little girl, so. But there's so many other things in our culture that are like quite extreme, I think. And I think it's because there aren't a lot of opportunities for difficulty, you know? We're not hunting and starving and living in huts and having to fend for our lives and going through anything really difficult. We have very comfortable lives. Very, For the most part, most people in America live pretty comfortably, right? Like you have a phone, you can order groceries, you drive a car. For the most part, we are very, very comfortable. I'm just editing this in later, but I think it goes without saying that we are all aware that there is a huge homeless crisis in our country. And yes, there are people that are suffering, but I'm just speaking in general. If you're listening to this podcast and you're a person who is resourced enough to have a phone to be able to listen to a podcast, this is what I'm talking about. Things like UFC fighting. For men, it gives them this like huge testosterone boost, adrenaline boost to watch that, which they don't normally receive in everyday life. And then like plant medicine ceremonies have gotten way too popular, way too mainstream, in my opinion. I'm glad it's available and more, you know, accepted and more available for people who, you know, are called to it and need it or want it or whatever a plant calls to you I don't know whatever you think about that but those are intense experiences like very intense and it's a threshold experience and they're very extreme and it requires surrender and I just think that's so fascinating and I would love to have so many people come on here and talk about these things with me so I'm going to wrap this up now because my kids are asleep and it's late and I'm getting tired and this is the only time I have to record. But thank you so much for listening, if you listened to all of that. And just know that I'm doing this because I want something to offer the world besides being just a mom and it fills up my cup as much as I hope it did yours. Maybe it gave you something to think about, maybe something that's helpful in whatever season of life you're in, whether that's growing a baby or growing a business or parenting many children at home or just one child or whatever you're going through. I hope that there was something in there that 
gave you a little inspiration and if it added to your experience of life in any way, please go on Apple Podcasts, go to my episode page and please click leave a review and click as many stars as you think it warrants. Maybe five, five would be great. And write a little something because I really want some feedback. This is just a little startup project I have going. I'm going to give it you know, a full season and I'm going to have some great interviews coming up soon, but I really hope you love this solo episode and I will be back next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.